Now it's that time of the week uh, where we are joined by political analyst Theo Fenter to unpack a few of the week's top news stories. Uh, and uh, we start this evening uh, with the latest in the PDL saga, as I'm calling it now, Patricia DeLille, uh, of course. Uh, Theo, great to have you with us again. Yes, it's good to listen. Good. So what on earth is happening now? Patricia DeLille's being reported to the police. Five DA councillors have resigned. Where to from here? Well, apart from a big rugby game that will take place over the weekend, it (laughs) seems to me that everything is happening in Cape Town over the last two days. If it's not the budget, it's the little. And where we thought two, three weeks ago that there's there's peace in the inner sanctum of, of the DA and that they've got some form of agreement with the law where both parties can at least um, go their way and doing their thing, it now seems as if they're back to square one. Uh, and it's all about this report that was done by the law firm Berman Gilfillan about what actually happened. So, so where are we? We now have a better idea of what we were gossiping about for eight, nine months about what was the original sin. Mm. And uh, <laughs> now it seems to me they're back to square one. It is just incredible how how this happened. And I think, again, the big loser in this in this um, process would be the DA. That, there's no doubt about that. But is it a case of somebody just wanting, which party wants to have the last word? Um, or, I mean, because I, I'm, I'm now lost in all of this. We've got these two reports. Um, but, but, uh, of course, um, Patricia was due to leave at the end of October. Uh, and is it Plato or Plato was coming in? And now it's all up in the air. Five other people have, uh, have stepped down in solidarity with, uh, with Patricia DeLille. Uh, and their accusations of racism being leveled at the DA. Absolutely. Well, new new uh, accusations of yeah. racism. And, and you know, it reminds me of two other um, games that are currently being played apart from the DA and uh, Auntie Pat. And that is, um, if, you, if you listen carefully about the way in which the EFF is doing their, their VBS mm. dance, and you listen to how Zuma is doing his pushback uh, tango, if we can call it that. It, 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 the, the, the thing about all three is that they're looking for political solutions for problems that probably lie elsewhere. In other words, you, you deal with things in the political sphere in the hope of either getting out of this thing that... Um, DeLille is now accused of, uh, uh, incidentally, not only Patricia DeLille, uh, these reports are also talking about other officials in the city council. So although Patricia DeLille, of course, is the main focus, it seems to me there's a broader accusation of, of wrongdoing in there. But to jump between the three, it seems to me by by doing your thing in the media, by trying to to push blame onto somebody else, playing the race card that you've mentioned or or, or playing uh, like the EFF that people are um, on purpose busy um, uh, scheming against the EFF, that's their argument, or Zuma asking, what is state capture? What is this notion that the guys are talking about? These are all political games. 
just go back to these uh, these reports, if you will, um, Theo. So my understanding is that um, essentially that they contradicted each other. One report said that she, uh, that Patricia Lille had an obligation to report uh, corruption or alleged corruption, and the other report said that she did or she did the other way around. Yeah, that, that's my understanding as well. And it seems to me this ambivalence between the two reports is exactly the gap that Patricia DeLille is going to move through. Um, and, and I think what we've seen in the city council itself is, uh, is a decision to go on with this and to now make it uh, public and so on and so on and so on. Um, it is... Um, I'm not understanding what's going on with these big uh, big law firms, and we can also add the big audit firms in this country. It's as if these guys are so big that you um, they miss the point, or they become technical, or, or whatever. But we must also remember when when these guys are doing their thing, like uh, Judge Nugent writing a report to the president. Those reports are all kind of inputs for further action. So this is not a guilty verdict in any way. Mm. This is advice what to do. Um, And that is the problem. So the moment the advice is delivered, like firing Tom Moyane uh, immediately, then then whoever has asked for the advice, in this case, the City Council of Cape Town, they must now act upon it and do something about it. And I think there's a long time from delivering, like they've done now, the reports, a political decision, and then the eventual implementation or doing something. And there's an election five months from now, six months. What of these uh, five councillors then who resigned, uh, who resigned uh, from the city of Cape Town and from and from the DA? Uh, a, a wise move, an admirable move, a foolish move. Well. Um, the the first thing one would say is it's very it's very close to to an election. But then again, the election next year is a national election. It's not a local government mm. election. That only follows in two years' time. So there's enough time for them to regroup, establish something uh, within the community because they're all claiming in their press conference that they old community activists and um, their mandate. It's not a DA mandate, it's a community mandate. It all sounds to me like stuff that they've invented in somebody's study recently. Um, interesting stuff. <laughs> but um, they, uh, of course, um, how the system works, and I'm not exactly sure which of them are proportional and which of them are representing wards. If, of course, they represent wards, uh, they'll stay in council. If, they, if they're proportional, they will lose their seats. Very, very high-risk move in local government. Mm, mm. Again, it's always an interesting one to watch. Let's talk about uh, Tito Mbueni and uh, his uh, mid-term budget. Um, good news, bad news, indifferent news. I mean, I, re- I was sort of listening to, to the news on, uh, was it yesterday already? Yeah, the Wednesday yeah. morning. Uh, and was sort of an expert economist was saying, you know, he's not going to do anything major. This isn't what this, this mid-term budget is. But I mean... You know, the, the, there were a few things that, that had my ears pricking up, has to be said. Yes, and, and I had to do some comment on this. And my my first comment was, this was more a political speech than an economic mm. one. 
he did some things, politic, uh, economic, he explained the stimulus package and he explained how deep our troubles really are. But what I've seen is for the first time, Cyril Ramaphosa's got somebody in cabinet with the balls to say <laughs> what is needed to say. In Afrikaans, I said that um, one would call Titu Mbuweni Cyril's Storm Ram, like, a, like, a, like a, one of these things that you crush the gates in the old times with the castles. I don't know what you call that in English. A ramrod. Yeah. Maybe a ramrod. Yeah. That, Battle axe, I think. Yeah. yeah. He, he, he storms in and he does what he thinks uh, what is good. Now, remember, he was president of the Reserve Bank for 10 years. Mm. I think he calls himself number eight in his speech. And number 10. So uh, when you president of the Reserve Bank, you're the only voice. You can say what you want to. And within the banking um, uh, culture, nobody's talking back. That's fine in that kind of environment. It is not necessarily the best thing to do when you're minister of finance. Mm. Um, you are going to get pushback from within your own ranks. And I've heard some very uneasy voices in the ruling party saying, um, you know, he's now acting like he's the deputy in, in, in command. He's now acting like a premier, which incidentally is exactly almost what the Constitution had in mind for the Minister of Finance, because the Minister of Finance is one of a very few ministers. And I think if I, if I recollect, it's the only ministers which job is also defined in the Constitution, which provides him with a very strong power base. And for me, the, the, the impression was um, during the Tabo Mbeki years, he gave his Minister of Finance absolute free reign. That's what made Trevor Manuel so good. And remember, that was the time when Tito Mbuweni was Minister of, of Labor and um, the Reserve Bank was doing quite well. Um, and then Zuma took over. And for the next nine to ten years, the Minister of Finance was the enemy of the President because the Minister of Finance through Treasury, tried to control things, mm. tried to manage things. And now for the first time, uh, following the Zuma years, we've got a Minister of Finance that makes the President happy. We At least he seemed happy mm. Mm. On, on, on TV with, uh, with the action of, um, of Tito Mbuweni. And, and shortly, or briefly, uh, what I liked about the speech, he, he played open cards with us mm. about the depth of the economic uh, woes and the recession. And he played open cards about the holy cows that we will have to tackle. That, I think, is, a, is, a, is, a, is, a, is, is fresh air blowing through um, government um, at this stage. And just finally, Theo, the, uh, the, the further financial support for, uh, for SAA and, and uh, the South African Post Office, Ooh, good post money office after I, bad. Yeah, the post office I can understand because the post office now has become the conduit for the SASA delivery system. Sure. So, mm. so, so, and I think every town needs a post office. Yeah. So that's something that we allowed to lapse uh, through just bad management. Mm. SAA, uh, to me, 
while saying in public and in, in press conferences that we may sell SAA or we may do this or that and then provide five billion rand for a rescue package. Um, I think there's a lot of, of clarity that's missing here. Maybe they're doing it to recapitalize, in a sense, the SAA and then look for an equity partner, which, of course, is code for privatization. Yeah. Yeah, may not be a bad idea. Okay, she said controversially. Right, uh, Theo, uh, great to chat to you again. Have a great weekend and we'll chat again next week. Same to you.